Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 3rd of November. We start with breaking news this morning and Cleo Smith has been found alive and well. The four-year-old was found by police after they broke into a locked house in Carnarvon in WA early this morning. Here is WA Deputy Commissioner Cole Blanche. Cleo is alive and well. A police team broke their way into a locked house in Carnarvon at about 1am. They found little Cleo in one of those rooms. One of the officers picked her up into his arms and asked her, what's your name? She said, my name is Cleo. Cleo was reunited with her parents a short time later. This is the outcome we all hoped and prayed for. Cleo disappeared almost three weeks ago from a remote campsite in WA. A man from Carnarvon has now been taken into custody for questioning by detectives. In other news this morning, former Australian Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull has sensationally weighed into the war of words over the French submarine deal. Mr Turnbull has backed French President Emmanuel Macron, who called Scott Morrison a liar over the cancellation of the $90 billion deal. Speaking at the COP26 conference in Glasgow overnight, Mr Turnbull lashed out at Mr Morrison. Scott has always had a reputation for telling lies. I mean, this is a shocking, shocking conduct Scott Morrison and he can bluster as much as he like likes but he's not fooling anyone he's done us enormous tell you what Scott Morrison has done he has sacrificed Australian honor Australian security and Australian sovereignty that audio thanks to nine meantime Scott Morrison has met with Prince Charles at the conference overnight talking up Australia's plan to fight climate change but now we've committed to net zero by 2050 Australia's done that here in top 26 doubled our climate finance commitments it comes as Australia refuses to sign up to an historic deal at the conference to cut methane emissions. Almost 90 countries committed to the deal to cut emissions by 30% by 2030. US President Joe Biden says methane is one of the biggest threats to our climate. It's one of the most potent greenhouse gases there is. It amounts to about half, half the warming we're experiencing today. World leaders have also pledged to end deforestation by 2030. Back home, and the New South Wales Premier has fast-tracked the state's plans to reopen as vaccination rates soar past 80%. Extra freedoms for double vaccinated residents, including scrapping limits on people allowed in homes, were set to be unlocked next month, but now they'll be effective from Monday. But New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet says those who are unvaccinated will now have to wait longer for any freedoms. Pushing back that date uh, from 1 December uh, for those uh, who were not fully vaccinated uh, to the 15th of December or 95%, uh, whichever uh, happens first. Uh, We want to make sure as we open up, we open up safely. Uh, Vaccination rates have been key. And we'll have more details on the new freedoms from our reporter on the ground shortly. Queensland is inching closer to the 80% first dose milestone, but there are still fears many communities are being left behind, especially when borders reopen next month. Just over 64% of those in the state over 16 are now double vaccinated, but areas like Sherberg Shire are of particular concern, with just only 27% of locals having both doses. 
Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground and we stay in WA and shocking details have emerged of two teenagers' plans to allegedly stab a teacher and set fire to a school in the state south. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has the details from Perth. That's right, Tasha. Perth Court has heard a teacher was lucky she wasn't more badly injured after a stabbing incident at Williton Senior High School. The woman in her 50s suffered a one centimetre deep and one centimetre wide stab wound from a 25 centimetre knife, which could have been worse had she not been turning around at the time. She received minor stab wounds and has since been discharged from hospital. Two girls aged 13 and 14 have been charged with attempting to kill and police say they were chatting online for several weeks about their plans. One's been granted bail under strict supervision while the other will spend a week at Perth Children's Hospital for a mental health assessment. The State School Teachers Union WA President Pat Byrne says it's extremely distressing. Every principal, every teacher, every school staff member uh, should expect to be safe in the workplace. And to New South Wales and the state government has brought forward more freedoms for double vaccinated residents. Our reporter Michaela Savage has the details from Sydney. Yeah, Tash, if you've had two shots of a COVID vaccine from Monday, you can have an unlimited number of household guests. Caps and limits on outdoor gatherings under a thousand people are being scrapped. Indoor pools will reopen for all purposes and businesses can move to the two square metre rule. Almost the only rule that's staying in place is mask wearing. That's still mandatory on public transport and in other indoor settings until December 15 and that's now the date when unvaccinated people can participate in the community again unless the state hits the 95% double vax target first. Premier Dominic Perrottet says pushing the date back by two weeks will keep everyone safe and incentivise the unvaxxed to get the jab. Please go and make the effort to do it. It won't just keep you safe, it'll keep your family and your friends safe as well and that's really important. Yesterday's official figures had second doses across the adult population at just under 88%. The latest in business and finance news. We're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from the Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. Now, we know interest rates are going to go up, but the RBA is suggesting it may take longer than many think. Tash, good morning. That seems to be the message from the RBA. Of course, they originally said, look, 2023, 2024, we've talked about that a lot over the past couple of months. The market has been, uh, this is the bond market, has pretty much been betting they might even go up as quickly as this time next year. And the RBA obviously holding rates yesterday, no surprise there. But giving the market a warning, saying, look, guys, you're overreacting here, you're assuming too much. We don't think the circumstances are going to exist to justify a rate rise. Of course, remember, the RBA wants prices up and preferably wages up as well. And they're saying, look, yes, we're seeing a bit of inflation, not a lot of wage growth yet, just cool your jets. So it'd be interesting, but they are absolutely saying it's going up. The question is just when. You're going to have to watch this space kind of circumstance, unfortunately. We certainly will watch with interest. Now, on a sign of growing acceptance of cryptocurrency, Scott, CBA has now decided to add them to its banking app. This is fascinating, Tasha. This is a really, really big deal, right? There's one thing when even the likes of PayPal, they're, they're big, they're reputable, they're probably bigger than CBA, but they're kind of ancillary to the financial services system in, in, in the core sense of it. When the nation's biggest retail bank, Commonwealth Bank, says to people, yep, you can buy and hold your crypto using our app, it really does kind of you know, announce the arrival of crypto as a real thing. Now, whether it should be the case is a whole different conversation. We can have that at a different time. But there is a real sense that 
look, people want it, consumers want it. The banks, of course, frankly, they only make money as intermediaries, so they don't really care what we own or what we buy or sell as long as we involve them in the process from, from their perspective at least. And so, yeah, this is a sense that, look, they know their customers want it. They think they can take some business away from others or just stop business being taken away from them by people who would simply leave them and go to cryptos. They want their slice of the pie as well. And on the other side of the coin, thank you very much, I'm here all week, a new crypto based on the hit show Squid Game has gone to zero. I see what you did there, Tasha. Thank I like you. it a lot. It's a, it's a really fascinating story, this one, and not in a good way. So the Squid Game, of course, the hit TV show on Netflix. I think I'm the only person in the world who hasn't seen it yet. I haven't. But there was a new yeah, – oh, there's two of us. There's two of us. <laughs> there was a new crypto that was launched called Squid and of course, that the idea. Look, and this is the thing. This is the downside of the crypto story, right? For all the people who are doing it for the right reasons, or or even just for legitimate reasons, even if they're wrong about the the coin itself. Squid Game basically has turned up, and it seems to be it might just be an out and out scam right now. If there's enough people who want to get involved, if you can spin a good enough story, the financial services sector has always been a great way to try and scam some people out of some money from the uh, those, those who uh, have have bad motives. In this case, they've invented a, a coin. It flew through the roof over about 24 hours, and it went to exactly zero. And it seems like the entire thing was one big scam. Just a reminder to be very, very careful. Cryptos are already dangerous enough. Just uh, just hold, hold your chance when it comes to investing in new stuff you may not necessarily understand. Sometimes some things are too good to be true, Scott. Thank you. <laughs> true. Thanks, Tash. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, some sore heads but happy hearts for connections. A very elegant after its sensational win in the Melbourne Cup yesterday afternoon. Yes, good morning, Tasha. Win that almost didn't happen. Chris Waller, the trainer of Very Elegant, had to be convinced to enter the mare in the race after its third place finish in the Cox Plate. He is sure glad that he did, though, this morning. That is his first Melbourne Cup win. Of course, he's the trainer of Winks. He'd won the Cox Plate and the Caulfield Cup before, but this is the biggest prize now in his collection. And we're still up bright and early this morning to uh, speak to Triple M. And I won't be taking it for granted. It's a big deal in our field, and it's one day that racing gets centre stage in Australia or around the world or even in New Zealand where I'm from. It was just a privilege. As you can tell, I'm lost for words. He was up before 4.30 this morning. He's still got to some big race days to come at the Melbourne Cup Carnival. Damien Olivertash has been suspended for careless riding and will miss Stakes Day this weekend. Brett, what changes do you think selectors will make to the Aussie side ahead of the next match at the T20 World Cup? I think one we can certainly lock in is Mitch Marsh will be back against uh, Bangladesh. He was overlooked surprisingly against England, given that he and Glenn Maxwell were really the only two batsmen in form heading into the T20 World Cup. Uh, assistant coach Andrew McDonald says the star all-rounder is in consideration. And if there is a shift back to the structure of the first two games, then it's probably likely that, that he'll get the nod um, in amongst those seven batters. Um, you know, he's been a good servant over the last sort of 12 months. Ha- you know, had some great form lines against uh, West Indies and Bangladesh. Um, so, yeah, he'll, he'll heavily come into to consideration for the next game. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, a lot of chopping and changing going on with that top order and, of course, Warner and Finch firing in one game but not in the others so far. Uh, Pakistan last night getting through to the semifinals, Tash. And, Brett, at least one tennis superstar has committed to play at the Australian Open next year, but will they have anyone to play with? Yeah, it's a good point, Tash. You might have to pick up a racket, but uh, <laughs> we know that Rafa Nadal will be there, so that's some um, pretty stiff competition for you if you get out on the court at uh, Melbourne Park, but <laughs> he has committed to playing at the Aussie Open, which is uh, great news because he skipped the Tokyo Olympics and Wimbledon, was going to play at the US Open, but then uh, had a foot injury, so he hasn't played uh, much tennis this year at all, so we'll see what sort of form he's in 
at the Aussie Open next year. Novak Djokovic is still waiting to find out the full details on travel restrictions before he decides whether to compete. We've got the Paris Masters happening at the moment. Alex Dimonor losing to Alexi Popperin, another Aussie in the second round this morning. John Millman has been knocked out in three sets. Brett, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. A 106-year-old woman in the US is going viral after sharing her cheeky secret to her long life. Margaret Delilo has told NBC she credits her longevity to drinking a cold beer every day. But I do think drinking a glass of Yingling's beer every day helps. <laughs> As you do, the company behind her favourite lager was tipped off about her secret, giving her a truck full of a free beer. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.